Welcome to The Music Mission. My name is Panayoti Karamanos. I am a music teacher in Sydney, Australia, as well as the conductor and director of the Modest Orchestra. An orchestra consisting of passionate, professional musicians that prioritise the education and enjoyment of music through the performance of staple works and new compositions. All recordings you hear, including this background music, come from our public performances, which you can find on YouTube if you search Modest Orchestra. This podcast is designed for all lovers of music, no matter your musical preference, experience, or expertise. Now on to today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I'm joined uh, by my friend, Christian Sharp, who's joining me all the way from... Where are you coming from, Christian? I'm in Germany, a city called Wuppertal, which is a half an hour outside of Cologne. Yeah, so Christian um, is obviously studying overseas and on today's episode, uh, from halfway across the globe, we're going to be talking about what it's like to be, um, what, what it's like to study overseas. So Christian, could you tell the people, tell the audience who you are, what you play and how you ended up where you are today? Yeah, sure. So I'm a trumpet player. Um, I studied my bachelor degree in Sydney. Um and yeah, then did some auditions over here for a master's degree. And now I'm in my second semester of a master's degree here at the Academy for Music and Dance in Cologne. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a really fantastic question. Um, so we'll let the bit of a backstory for those people uh, who want to know. Uh, we met in first year and we kind of just bonded over the fact that we did an education class together. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So I started in the education course with you and we had a few classes together and uh, got to know each other. Yeah. Yeah, we started playing, we played trumpet, then we, you know, practice rooms. I think I showed you some meme music often. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, no, we got on quite well and we still do, which is awesome. Uh, So let's talk about what inspired you to want to study overseas? Yeah, sure. So um, back in at the start of 2017, I took a bit of a trumpet trip to Germany just to see what's going on over here and to um, see what the teachers are like. Um, and after that, um, just really opened my eyes as to um, the, the possibilities as to what I could achieve if I... Um, put my mind to it and also took in what these teachers had to offer. So, yeah, um, after that trip, I pretty much knew I wanted to come to Germany and, um, yeah, do my master's over here. Mm. So uh, you mentioned trumpet trip. Uh, what Was this like a thing you did by yourself or was it with the whole gang of the conservatorium trumpet players here in Sydney? Uh, just by myself. So I just uh, booked a booked a trip to Germany and just um, came to see some teachers and um, yeah, just see what it's like over here. So a trip that we, that you just dedicated to yourself, like oh, I'm going to go to Germany and just go on a trumpet adventure and just suss yeah. it out almost. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Just emailed a few um, teachers at the universities over here and um, sat in on a few classes and yeah, just to see see what what, um, different teachers and different universities have to offer. 
Mm. Is that something you'd recommend uh, people do before they launch into the official process of time to apply and then locking themselves in and just going in kind of like cold turkey, just blind, just straight overseas? Do you like? Do you recommend this like trial period that you did? Yes, um, I think teacher choice is extremely important as to any study um, for, for music, that is. Um, um, so I didn't even bother applying for uh, classes which the teachers didn't suit me. Um, and I think there's right. not really much point coming over overseas, like going overseas to study if your teacher's not a good suit to you. Yes. Yeah, could you you can imagine spending thousands and thousands of dollars to ever go overseas, and then the match exactly. isn't quite there. Yeah, you you need to get the most you can out of out of yeah out of it. Yeah, it's kind of like my trumpet teacher, which I just happened to stumble across in Greece, who I met when I was in U eight here in Australia. I was like the you know the International Trumpet Guild. Yep. Yep, good. Uh, I mean, like, it'd be a bit concerning <laughs> if you didn't know what the ITG was. Question. Um, <laughs> um, so the ITG was in Sydney in like '09, was it? I think. Uh, and we were in the music cafe, and we just heard these people speaking Greek, and I just kind of went hi, uh, and then you know, <laughs> went over too. a few times. Yeah, I'm Greek too. So yeah. Basically, that was the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and we became friends over our Greekness, and so he's my teacher in Greece, and um. I'm not sure if it's a European thing, but um, maybe you maybe you can shed some light on it. But um, mm-hmm. what I noticed in Greece, because that's any European country I've been to, I'm, I'm hoping once we're over this whole pandemic that I can explore Greece and really, really travel. Mm. Um, I noticed in Greece that the general vibe were f- and just like appreciation of music was so different to here in Australia. Um, so... I guess one thing I think you mentioned in one of our previous takes for those listening, this was, uh, this is our third take, uh, yep. is that they've got a lot more orchestras overseas than what we do have here. Yeah. I think, um, classical music in general is more ingrained in the culture over here in, um, in Europe. I mean, it's a, it was first developed in, in Europe. It's a European style of music. Um, Mm. And I think that really, really shows in, in everyone's understanding of, of this style of music. Um, being a musician uh, as a career is, is seen a lot more highly over here, I, I think. Um, no one sort of says, oh, what, what, what do you really do? You know, trumpet's just a hobby, isn't it? No one, you don't hear that over here. Over here it's um, definitely, yeah, an actual career path. Yeah, and it's really interesting how you said that over there. Um, you know, people don't say, "Oh, is that what do you mean?" That's just a hobby. But I really want to talk about like how you said. You know, classical music was developed in Europe, mm-hmm. and you're so right. Uh, and that actually would explain how it's so deeply integrated into the culture there, because you know, their culture yeah, evolved exactly. with it. Yeah. 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 Um, if we go back, I think. Uh the beginnings, you know, through the uh, Renaissance and stuff was uh, in, in middle Europe, in, in um, France and, and in Germany and um, all these countries. So yeah, it's definitely come up through, through this part of the world. Yeah. And I guess that's why you can also say um, 
that's why people tend to go out more and see more concerts. You know, there's 130 orchestras in Germany. Um, yep. Professional, yeah. Ha- professional, yeah, professional. That's not even including yep. the um, ha- how it, many how many community orchestras are there? Uh, none really. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, really, there are like there are like music uh, groups, just like clubs sort of thing which which would be sort of the equivalent to a to a, um, a community orchestra but there are so many professional orchestras over here that um there are, not that i know of where i'm living um there's not really big community orchestras which offer the same thing so every city has one That's... or two orchestras um professional and yeah so people generally go and see them That's really interesting uh that's actually really fascinating. So there, there's not that many, cause like here in Sydney, there's a huge emphasis on community orchestras and people are doing gigs for free and all these things. Yeah. Does that culture exist over in Germany? Um, I can't say for sure, but um, from the gigs I've been doing, um, I, I don't really do anything for free or my classmates don't do anything for free either. So what we're usually right. doing are, uh, uh, um, maybe helping out with a school orchestra. Um, like I've played the uh, Handel Messiah a couple of times, first trumpet with with school orchestras, just because you know school trumpet players can't do that. Um, no, it's very hard. <laughs> yeah, and there are a couple of smaller chamber orchestras that are sort of gig orchestras where you just get paid by by call um, to to play. Yeah, with that. which but, but which no, is yeah. Yeah, there's nothing really going on for free, I think. That that sort of idea wow. of, you know, giving your services for free doesn't really exist. Yeah, and that's something that um, I guess the Modesto Orchestra, we, we've moved away from that. We're now a gig orchestra, so we pay everybody per gig. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that yeah, it's, that's very but, interesting. But there is a difference uh, between, I think, between student orchestras and then community orchestras. Um as I as right. I mentioned, the the music clubs that are over here, they're they're for people who have other jobs and music's just a hobby. But for students, music students who are starting to become professionals, um, you have to be able to get something out of it. I think. Okay, that's very interesting. Um, so what I noticed when I was over, you know, studying trumpet a little bit in Greece, was just the general overall, the camaraderie from everybody playing trumpet, everyone trying to push each other, even like the tuba players. Like I was practicing with the tuba players and we were doing stamp studies together. <laughs> and it was just, cool. it was just really bizarre that this just whole, you know, they have small conservatoriums over there, like this, like privatized ones, but it was all over Greece. Like, is that the same for you? Um, I, I definitely agree with the camaraderie. I think everyone uh, is supporting each other incredibly um well um within classes i mean there's always there's always especially in the trumpet world um people with extended egos um, that way. <laughs> um yeah let's put it that way <laughs> yeah particularly in, in i'm not gonna yeah in particular classes but um in, in my <laughs> class can of worms not go there yet yeah um in my class and in general, I would say everyone's very supportive of each other. Um, 
yeah, I know it's a bit different in in other parts of the world, uh, but definitely here, I think it's quite supportive. Yeah, and it's it's not to say that uh, here in Australia and here in Sydney that you know like it's a toxic environment and now oh, you trumpeters were at each other's throats. I think it's a different type of support where I feel like because it's so deeply ingrained into the culture, like you said before, um, people just are so much more appreciative of music. Mm. Do we think maybe that that's why it's kind of there's this camaraderie, it's like music for the sake of music almost? Could, could be. Um, could be. It's, it's a tough question. Um, but I think maybe, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more jobs going around over here. Um, and it's much more competitive to get into a Hochschule as well. So it could be part of it that, um, you know, everyone's sort of on the same playing field um, once you get into a master's degree or something. Um, that, you know, there's no reason to be to be jealous of anyone. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, because I guess um, here there's the op- opportunities aren't as as plentiful as they are, I say plentiful with, with like quotation marks because um, obviously it's not. There's like always competition. But I feel like it's a different type of competition, whereas here like they feel, feel like there's only one job and yeah. everyone's going for that one job. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a bit uh, tricky sometimes. Yeah, because ev- everyone here in Sydney, like there's there, we have our gig scene, we have our um, jazz scene, we have our... Mm freelancing but then you know for orchestral jobs that we really don't have many no yeah you have to wait a while for one to come up yeah like like okay how many jobs are going at the moment right now if if you know any at the top of your head uh about 15 or so in germany um and then each (laughs) then there are even more um academy places so almost every orchestra has an academy like uh, for example um, Sydney Symphony Fellowship, every orchestra has one of them. Um, so there's about, I don't know, another 10 or so of them going around. Wow. That's so, okay. So Sydney has one orchestra. How many orchestras would one city, would one city on average in Germany have? Would they all have one okay. or maybe two? Well, well, Sydney has three orchestras, I think. Um, the Sydney Symphony the Opera Orchestra yep. and the Chamber Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And Brandenburg. Brandenburg too? Okay, yeah. Um, we'll count them. They're small, but we'll count them. <laughs> so that's four. But that's our, okay. that's our biggest one, I guess, our biggest city where everything's happening. Exactly. Um, in Berlin, um, I think there are seven orchestras, maybe eight. So almost double. Wow, double. Um, in Cologne, there are three i think um mm-hmm. and then most of the others only have one so usually in the smaller right. cities um there's a theater and then a theater orchestra so the orchestra does uh mainly opera mainly um opera musicals and also has a symphony concert every month or so um so yeah they do everything in those smaller cities i think Wow, and most of them have an academy attached to them. Uh, an academy or a or a um, you know a practicum, uh, you know what I mean, a um, internship program. An internship. So if 
let's say I went to study trumpet overseas and I got mm-hmm. into wherever, I could do this on the side as well or is this like a... Yes, so um, is- most of these internships and some of the academies, not all, but the smaller academies, um, you actually have to be a student to be able to apply. Wow. For the bigger academies, like in Berlin or in the Gewandt House Orchestra, they're longer, they're two years, and you don't have to be a student, but they are, there's, a, there's an age limit. Right. So, okay, so basis, based on everything you're saying right now, um, it really is the place to be overseas because it just sounds like music is happening everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think it's quite quite incredible. Okay. Um Hmm. So let's say I'm a student and I'm in year 12 and I'm listening to this. Um, how, what do I do? Do I, do I just say, all right, I'm going to gamble everything, go straight overseas. Maybe I might take a gap year and go over there and learn from a few people and then study straight away year. Or is it better to go to the con here? Um, I cause think now, cause you've gone through the con now and, yeah. um, you've had experience? Um, I have to say I think my experience at the con was very useful and I developed where I need, needed to be at the con in, uh, in order to take this next step. So I think everyone's path is very individual. Um, but what I would say is try and find a teacher who's right for you. So if you're if you're just coming out of high school, I think it's important to at least look around Australia at the different um, conservatoriums in Australia and find a teacher that's that's suited to you. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it's tricky. It's tricky, especially for for bachelor degrees. Um, I think it's just about general improvement more in the start of your bachelor degree than it is at a master's degree level. I think once you're you're looking for a master's student, uh, master's teacher, you need to be very, very particular in what you want. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do. I, mm-hmm. I would also say that the the culture is is a bit different in in Australia as it is from here or what I've heard in America as well. Um, in Australia, most people tend to just go to their conservatorium in their city, and that's okay. Um, it's just the culture, whereas here it's more about the teacher than anything else. Right. So in, in Australia, I guess I, I, I guess it's pretty true. You rarely hear about people coming from Melbourne to the Sydney Con. It's I mean, just kind of like what's yeah. the... People mm-hmm. do do it, but yeah. it's more, more, more likely that people just stay in their home city. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's more of a situation of most likely you're just going to find the best institute that's in your, that's in your state almost. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But then there are some people who like, we know some people personally from Melbourne, but they probably came to Sydney because they were after a teacher. Yeah. For that reason, probably. Yeah. I mean, I I stayed in my home city for my bachelor and that worked out fine for me. Um, It's just very personal. Yeah. So like, if you're still trying to find your way, I guess, you know, just start, if you're a bit touch and go and not sure, probably a good thing to do is start at the institute in your city, like the conservatorium there or the equivalent. Yeah, but I would also and then from there, highly, highly recommend 
getting a lesson with teachers in different cities as well, just to see what you like. And, you know, maybe you get along much better with, say, the teacher in Melbourne or the teacher in Perth. No idea. But, yeah. you know, find someone who's right for you. Yeah. So I've, so I had one teacher basically throughout all of high school and uni who, Leanne Sullivan, um, which I think is like amazing because I just, we developed a really strong bond. Mm-hmm. But um, I did find myself that when I went to Greece and I learned from this, this trumpet professor, Yerasimo Siwanidis, that's his name. Um, when I did learn from Yerasimo, um, it was completely different and it just changed a lot of things about my playing. So yeah. Backing up yeah. your I think it's important also to change teachers over a period of time as well. I mean, four years with one teacher and then maybe another two years with another, that's a that's a good start for most people. Yeah. See, my, ten years it's it's a it's a it's almost a bit too long with somebody. Mm. Um so but you know, things that that's that, that's how it ended up and I'm quite happy. Um but you know, it, yeah. Um, you know, lovely, and she's amazing. Mm. And I was actually really looking forward to going in July to Greece. I had booked. I actually booked my tickets. Oh no! Uh, literally, yeah. Um, th- I've got credit now to reschedule at least. Um, That's good. So I was going to go see Yerasime and just literally just bring my trumpets and say, "Teach me trumpet," and let's go on the islands and let's go partying and all that stuff <laughs> on Mykonos. <laughs> And I, don't know, I just really like maybe because I wasn't as involved with the trumpet culture in Sydney as I was over there in Greece because I had my conducting stuff and education stuff here. But like, it's almost a crew that we've got in Greece, and like we just do everything. So we went out together, we did, we played together, we went on trips and everywhere. Like we a lot of things. It was just like a very bonding yeah. like. Fantastic, yeah. Is that kind of like for you guys as well? Um, not quite so here. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a bit different where I am. Our class is a half half size class, um, and half our class lives in Cologne, not in in Vupital. So it's kind of hard to be that close. But um, yeah, you know, we're always going out for coffees and and um, a beer after after class concerts and that sort of thing. That's quite normal. Yeah. Yeah, you always got to um, ice the chops with a nice cold beer. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> especially after Bach. So, oh, especially after Bach. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> could you explain what the process is you did to actually study overseas? Like, did you just catch a train? Catch a train? Yes, <laughs> through there. Yeah. Catch a plane. Many, many trains. Uh, yes. <laughs> Oh, many trades. Yes. Okay. So did you set a tape? Did you just, just fly over there going, I'm going to have a holiday and, and audition at the same time? Like how did you approach it? So the first thing you need to do is work out where you want to apply. So, um, a trip beforehand meeting teachers is extremely important. Um, also because it's so competitive to get in. Um, there's only ever a couple of places each, uh, each year, sometimes each semester though. Um, what I should mention is that here in Germany, there's a class size of 12 people. Um, and then the amount of places available is the amount of people graduating that semester. So sometimes there might be one place, sometimes there might be three. 
or sometimes even none. Um, right. So it's incredibly important for the teacher to know you and know if they get along with you and also if you get along with them. Um, so, yeah, first thing, know where you want to apply. Then you put in an application. Then you come over and do the auditions um, in person. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. there's many, many people auditioning for these couple of places. Um, I know I did a, uh, I did a um, audition in Essen. And there was 36 applicants for one place. So it's incredibly, wow. it's incredibly tough um, to actually get in in the first place. Um, yes. Is it so, the same here? Like, like SYO, like let's say, you know, like you go to a room, there's, is it basically the same thing over there? Yeah. So also the, the requirements are totally clear on the on the website but um really yeah so in most websites it says you need to play for 60 minutes but generally 60 minutes yeah yeah but generally three per three audition three what per audition that, that's it says you need 60 minutes worth of music um but in reality they're fine with just three contrasting pieces that's quite quite standard just three different pieces and then they choose what they want to hear um in a room and there's always a there's always a a pianist provided as well Mm -hmm. um how much time did you get with that pianist none they just play for you when when you walk on the spot yeah really so you've got so every audition yeah wow okay So so that's assessing your ability to lead and work and your musician that's that's really under the gun right there sometimes the pianists aren't too prepared and it's a bit difficult but um yeah (laughs) so for example i for my auditions i played uh haydn i played uh chalier solo de concord and Mm -hmm. the fush concerto on piccolo um how do you handle it uh, if they, you know, they, let's say they're doing the high, you're doing the Haydn and they start off at the tempo you don't want? Like, do you just do you conduct them in? Do you say, all right, ready? And a one, two. Like, what do you do? No, you just um, play how you want it and then they should follow you. That's, I think. Okay. Yeah. Just give them a really strong, like, da, da, <laughs> and just. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, most of the time it's, it's a nice brisk, brisk tempo and, um, I've never had to change my tempo for anyone, so that's yeah. I guess they've played it so many times; they know what the 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 tempi are. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't think I've actually ever played with a with a pianist in that kind of like. All right, here you go, bang! That you're you're auditioning. Good luck. Here's your accompanist. Yeah, it's it's the same also for professional auditions. First I round. hadn't. I did. I really yeah. didn't know that. That's um. Yeah. First I round mean, here is with Haydn, and um, yeah, they provide a pianist, and then you just just play. <laughs> wow! Well, I mean, that shows you how much I've auditioned for professional trumpet playing, but yeah, that's not what I do. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's not too far removed from conducting because uh, mm. often you get you're you're in a room. Um, yeah, I remember. Actually, yeah, it's the same thing. Because you get two pianists in front of you and they say, conduct the opening to Beethoven 5. And you're like, 
and you've got to imagine there's an orchestra in front of you and you've got to conduct these two piano players who, like you said, might not know the rep that well. So you've got Mm -hmm. to kind of lead them through that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange um, position that you put into in an audition. It's um, could not be... Yeah, it's it's not very um, true of your abilities, really. It's just how how it turns out on the day most of the time. That's that's why it's also mm. important to know the teacher beforehand. I think. Yeah, do they do blind auditions there very often, or no? Professional or for for both. So for 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 universities, never, and for. Jobs always, mm-hmm. and for for academies and practicums, it depends. Right. So internally within a, a university, because I know the con they did that phase where they were like, "All right, we're phasing over to blinds now." Um, huh. I didn't know that. So, yeah, there was like a like there, there was remember the very first. Or maybe I'm thinking of something else. But the, the um, so internally within univ- the orchestral studies auditions Orchest- are always blind. Hmm, I must be thinking of something else. Um, so within the institutes, they have blinds um, in there as well. Then, no, not for universities. For their orchestral studies and universities in Germany. No. Okay, so th- that's different to the con where we do have blinds. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so there's the difference. All right, so as we're wrapping up this uh, podcast, I'd probably like to ask the question. Um, so, you know, we talked about studying overseas and, you know, the culture, but what would be interesting, uh, could you talk about the different types of orchestras they have over there just to give this, like, whole holistic view of the music culture over there? Like you mentioned there was a theatre orchestra. Um, like how many, because like the SSO is our, is our concert orchestra. Mm-hmm. How many different types of orchestras are there? Is there more variety? Is there a more specific type of orchestra that they have? Yeah, so um, it's quite interesting over here. Um, most of the orchestras are theatre orchestras, so they they do everything. They do mainly opera and then also a symphony concert or two symphony concerts every month. Um then there are the, the concert orchestras like the Sydney Symphony are the, the big the big ones in, in Germany, so like the um, Berlin Phil and also the radio orchestras. Um, there are, I think, six or seven different radio orchestras um, and they're, they're the big, big symphony orchestra um, groups. Um, yeah, and then for particularly opera, then you have mainly the Stutz orchestra orchestras. So you might have heard of I don't know the Berliner Staatskapelle or the um, Dresden uh, Staatskapelle. These these orchestras are generally for the big opera houses um, in the mm. bigger cities. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you find yourself going to more concerts over there than you did find yourself here? Um, I think it's pretty Are similar. Are you immersing actually. yourself more? I think it's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm very lucky where I am because we get free entry into the the Vupital Orchestra's concerts. So the ah, oh, that's cool. All opera and all all symphony concerts, um, and it's also a fantastic orchestra. So could not be happier. There's a there's a bonus. Yeah, um, I haven't actually been to seen an opera here, but I've been to most of the symphony orchestra concerts and then right, okay. then in 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 Dusseldorf there's the Deutsche Oper am Rhein um German opera on the Rhine which mm-hmm. is a really really big company I've been there a couple of times um, mm. it's fantastic and otherwise yeah just been to a couple of places where I've been as well in in Dresden and in in Berlin yeah yeah so so the the quantity of listening to concerts hasn't really changed that much, but do you find uh have you found your listening habits have have widened a little bit more um, not overly to be honest i I think I'm more yeah. open to seeing more going to more more out there concerts, for example. I don't know. In, in Sydney, I found that they always did the same same sort of productions, same sort of concerts. Right. Um, whereas, so there's know, more variety. Yeah, I think so. I mean, within one week, um, just before Corona hit, um, I went to see a Wagner opera, Strauss, Zalami, yep. and Puccini, mm-hmm. um, Tosca, all in all within a week. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't think Strauss operas are put on too much in Sydney. No, no Wagner actually. So. Uh, <laughs> it's always no. Puccini and Mozart. It is, and I'm trying to think. Like, when was the last time? I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah. It's, it's um. Yeah, that's interesting. So there's more variety, like just like sheer broad scope, I, and I so think stuff so. that you, so stuff that you. Can't don't really get the access to listen to live here in Sydney. Um, yeah. you're finding more over there. Yeah, and maybe something I wouldn't have maybe gone to in Sydney as well because I don't know. Maybe just because I was used to more mainstream mainstream stuff. You know, maybe I'd go and see I don't know a concert of Berg music or Schoenberg or something. I had no idea. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That might interest me. Yeah, like there's there's kind of a vibe that city has, and yeah, everyone gets used to that vibe. Um, but I think also because just the sheer number, well, I mean, like 130 versus seven, like obviously there's going to be a, a larger breadth of repertoire being played. Yeah, absolutely. Especially where I am here, there's there's so many cities within so close to each other. Um, I'm not sure if you knew if you know, but um, around Cologne and around this Rhine area, there's um, seven cities within i don't know an hour an hour of each other um and yeah, each, wow. city, each city has a a class orchestra <laughs> that's phenomenal yeah. so let's talk about the coronavirus just briefly um sure. obviously we're going to open up by saying we are in no means any medical experts at all we know mm-hmm. nothing we are but musicians but um so that that's out of the way um how how is the situation over there? Because um, like, 
yeah yeah it's it's pretty difficult to be honest um i mean i think it's better than what i've heard in, in australia um i've heard that there's not much support growing around for musicians in australia at the moment um, no the mso closed um for a while yeah um but here there is quite a bit of support going around um right and I just read in the paper yesterday that from the 30th of May, we're allowed to open the theatres and opera houses and concert halls again. Really? What yeah. are your numbers at? Pretty high. I think, so, I think we're eight. How many new overall. cases a day? Oh, I'm not sure. Like a few hundred or like are you in three digits, four digits, two digits? I should really... I, I think in, I think in total we're around 160,000 cases in total. I think maybe. Okay. And you ca- yeah. I'm not sure I'm about what right you, but um, I do know that they've been testing more regularly over here. So the number of cases is going up just because of that. Um, but I've heard the death rates going down. Yeah. So I'm just seeing here. Uh, 933 new, so you're at around 900 to a thousand a day, which is quite, um, quite intense actually. Um, so, but they, but yet you said they're, they're thinking of opening up all the state theaters. It's, it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, most pretty much all companies have, um, canceled their concerts until the end of the season, which is, uh, until August. So Mm -hmm. there won't be too many things going on until then anyway um right but yeah it's it's, it's a step, good step for musicians i think at least um we yeah. can start planning next concerts anyway yeah yeah so how's online learning going for you guys um so like overseas like online learning how's that mm. it's difficult so lessons are pretty much non-existent um Really? Yeah, for, for, no a while there, for a while there I've been sending recordings to my teacher and then he'd call me and um, give me feedback. But Zoom lessons don't happen for us anyway. I don't think really much to them. Yeah, because you can't really tell sound quality and level of relaxedness and all this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've... I I took up a new student actually. Oh yeah. Um, uh, actually from Leanne. So um, f- um, love lovely lovely boy. Um, very talented player. Um, really phenomenal. And so we've been having Zoom lessons. And so I saw him for the first time last week face to face. And then I realized, oh. I'm not sure we need to fix positioning. Like you, I couldn't physically see it no matter how much I zoomed in on the computer Yeah. and like subtleties in the sound. Like even if he had a, an external microphone, it's just, the sound's compressed. It's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Um, but what I have been doing is I've enrolled for a couple of seminars online, um, just to keep, you know, keep up keep me busy, I guess, <laughs> and try to learn something. Yeah. Just keep yourself busy doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. So 
I guess you, we all just kind of have to hope and to see what's going to happen. ACO is opening up in September, last time I heard. Okay. Um, which was about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And three weeks ago, SSO was essentially taking it as it comes every fortnight, I think. Okay. So they were canceling project, canceling concerts like every day. It's like this next one's like so far in the future. Whereas ACO cancelled like a whole like season's worth and like bang yeah. went out until here. Everyone, everyone here's cancelled seasons as a, at the end of the season, as I said. Um, yeah. And also, once we do open up, everyone has to be one and a half or two meters away from each other anyway. So, um, you know, tr- yeah, the dis- concert mm. house will be a quarter full, even if they could do concerts anyway. So I'm not sure how profitable that oh, is. Oh, they wouldn't. For... Yeah. Damn. They, they wouldn't even do one seat apart. It would have to be two seats apart. Yeah, two or three, I think, yeah. Literally one and a half meters. Um, that that's literally a trombone in sixth position. Um, <laughs> so, wow, that's it's just we're living in a crazy time. Yeah. But uh, these virtual ensembles, which are popping up online, are very cool. And um, have you done that yet, or has anyone no, come up with that? On your recording, so we can do the Stravinsky thing. Oh yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I have to send the Stravinsky. <laughs> well, you have to download Soundtrap. Can I? Can I say? <laughs> Soundtrap. The app, which lets us easily sync it. Yeah, but uh, it doesn't work. That's right. It works in the browser. Oh, we, we can organize oh, that later. Browser. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, I've got to learn to play that Stravinsky fanfare. <laughs> it is very hard, but it's so great. I love it so much. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. All righty. So I think we'll end it there, Christian. Um Stay on the line, so don't just hang up on me because there's a stop record button. So thank you for being on this podcast. No worries. Thank you for having me. Uh, I hope we get to do another one in the future, maybe something like um, a bit more specific to trumpet playing, I think would be, would be a cool one. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Cool. And I'm glad that our third and final take actually worked. I think just keeping it simple with audio. Uh, yeah, that's a secret. Is the, that's keep it simple, stupid, kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Thank you, Christian. No worries. Thank you. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye.